0: One of the biggest problem I have is overthinking. I tend to ruminate and get trapped in analysis paralysis. I'm getting much better. Maybe I'm getting older or I've been following Jesus' advice longer. But recently I found out I'm not alone. 99% of people overthink everything. Some people overthink because they are perfectionists. Some because they are people pleasers. They want to impress people. Still, some people overthink because they want to please God. In fact, they misunderstand what really pleases God. Let me tell you a story, a parable to start with. There once was a farmer who discovered his horse disappeared one day. The neighbors helped him search for it, but they couldn't find it anywhere. It must have run away into the forest far away. So they expressed their sympathy saying, old man, we are so sorry about your loss. What did you do to deserve that misfortune? Without a horse, how can you make a living? You are cursed. In those days, only a horse was essential to making a living as a farmer. A horse helps till the soil, plow the field, and carry the produce to the market to sell. So losing a horse was a big blow to the family's livelihood. However, the old man responded to the neighbors, don't worry, it may not be as bad as you think. To which the neighbor thought that the old man was crazy not to worry about it. A few days later, the old man woke up and saw a bunch of horses standing in front of his barn. His horse had returned, bringing 10 more wild horses with her. The neighbors came praising the old man, old man, you're so lucky and now you are wealthy with 11 horses. You will be the richest man in the village. The old man replied, well, it may not be as good as you think. The next day, the old man's son tried to tame the wild horses. He fell from one of the horses and broke his leg. The neighbors came and said, old man, you are cursed. Since your only son is crippled, who will work for the farm and feed the family when you are old? Now you have to take care of him instead. In those days, parents depended on their sons for the security of their later life. But the old man said as usual, Don't worry, it may not be as bad as you think. The neighbors again thought the old man was really crazy. How could anyone be so optimistic about not having anyone to depend on in their old age? A few weeks later, a war broke out with a neighboring country the government came and drafted young men to go to war. The old man's son was spared because he was disabled. Then the neighbors came crying, old man, you are so lucky. Even though your son is crippled, he is at least with you. Now we don't even know if our sons will return from the war. The old man replied, it may not as bad as you think. The neighbors ignored him. End of story. Even though this parable is over 2,500 years old, it depicts human nature even in our time. It describes the wisdom of the old man among the overthinking villagers. Today we'll look at how Jesus teaches us to stop the anxiety of overthinking. Do you overthink? If so, today's scripture lesson will help you. If you don't overthink, that's good, but you can use this lesson to help others to overthink, because many people around you suffer from overthinking. So let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I'm Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world, and I'm the keeper, no pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. The scripture lesson for today is from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 to 19 and 25 to 30. Listen to the word of the Lord. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating or drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Verse 25, At that time Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven sixteen 16 to 19 and 25 to 30. Blessed are those who delight in God's word. Thanks be to God. The first part of this passage depicts the state of humanity. He says, but to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. Matthew 1116 16 to 17. In Hebrew, the word generation also means society, culture or humanity. So when Jesus says this generation, he's talking about the contemporary culture or the state of the world in general. 2,000 years later, our society is still suffering from overthinking. I like to watch TV or movies sitting next to Sophie because she makes me enjoy the show better. Because if there's something to laugh about, she laughs loudly and calls me to laugh. Even the smallest humor can trigger her laughter. Then I love, not because of the show, but seeing her laugh. Without her around, I don't catch the punchlines or catch fewer punchlines. If you take me to the comedy night out, you'll feel I didn't get the money's worth. I often wondered, what's so funny about it? Don't get me wrong, I like to crack jokes for others, but my own laughter threshold is a little high. I'm one of those people Jesus described, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We willed and you did not mourn. I've discovered that they don't see the punchline because they overthink. It might sound trivial to miss a punchline at a comedy show, but it can be detrimental if we miss God's punchline. We could miss essential life lessons and miss God's message if we keep overthinking. Jesus explained for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. And the son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Matthew eleven eighteen 18 to 19. Jesus reveals that we overthink and overanalyze people and miss the punchlines. We miss the message because we overjudge the messenger. We often judge the book by its cover. There are three key sources of overthinking. First, perfectionism. The overthinking could come from perfectionism. We think a sage should be perfect to be worthy of our hearing. There was a man who heard about Lao Tzu, the famous sage in ancient time. He decided to visit Lao Tzu's home to take some lessons from him. When he entered Lao Tzu's home, he saw a messy home, and he left immediately, losing respect for the sage, and decided not to learn from him. Many days later, he returned to Lao Tzu and apologized to him. He decided to differentiate the message from the messenger and learned from him. So professionalism can make us overthink and miss the punchlines. Secondly, cynicism. Another source of overthinking comes from cynicism. We live in a fallen world and deal with fallen people. After seeing so many sinners around us, we become cynical about people. Instead of hearing their message, we try to determine their motive. What is he trying to get from me? So cynicism can make us overthink and miss the punchlines. Thirdly, ambition. Another source of overthinking comes from misunderstanding of God's requirements. We want to do what's right to please God, thinking if we think deeper and do better, we will make God happier. We fail to realize what God requires of us is very simple. God doesn't want us to overdo it. See, God gave us a beautiful garden to enjoy, eating everything except that forbidden fruit of overthinking. It's like a rabbit hole. The more we overthink, the more we become trapped in it. The devil feeds our ambition with temptations. Then we swallow the forbidden fruit and miss the punchline. There's a difference between ambition and aspiration. Ambition is about desires to gain power, possession, and prestige. But aspiration is about fulfilling a divine dream. Aspiration comes from the Latin root word for spirit. So ambition is ego driven, and aspiration is spiritual motivation. It comes from God. Then Jesus gives us a solution. It says, At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father. For such was your gracious will. Verses 25 to 26. If you want to know God's will, be an infant. Have you noticed that an infant does nothing, but everything is provided? The older we grow, the more we overthink, and the less we are provided. Nature doesn't cater to overthinkers. When it comes to knowing God's will, do not overthink. Discernment is not overthinking. Then Jesus reveals the solution with three simple invitations. Number one, come to him to rest and relax. He says, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, verse 28. Overthinking is like carrying heavy burdens. It's wearisome. Jesus wants to give you rest from overthinking. People mistakenly think God wants them to work harder. But they forget that resting is part of the Ten Commandments. If you don't rest, you are breaking one of the Big Ten. That means if you don't rest, you are committing the same sin as thieves, liars, and murderers. I know it sounds like an exaggeration, but these are all listed in the Ten Commandments. Resting is the fourth commandment, even higher than murder, lying, theft, and adultery. Maybe if you rest more, you will commit less crimes. To receive rest, you simply respond to his invitation to come to him. You come to him by taking a break from your thoughts, by breathing the Holy Spirit. You come to him in prayer. You come to him in reading the Bible, his word. And you come to him in worship, singing and listening. The second invitation is Take his yoke to make life easier. He says, Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew 11:29 29 and 30. A yoke is a wooden beam fastened between two oxen or animals to share the weight of the workload. That means Jesus wants to carry the burdens with you by walking side by side with you, so that you don't have to carry your burdens alone. You don't have to overthink because he will share half of that burden of thinking. Furthermore, he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That means he will take off your heavy burdens and give you his light burden. You no longer need to be a perfectionist because he does not require you to be perfect. His perfection covers your imperfection. He will also exchange your ambition with aspiration. Ambition is ego-driven, so the burden is on you. But aspiration is God-inspired, so the burden is on God. You are just a messenger. As mentioned before, Jesus has greatness thrust upon you with the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill it. That's why his yoke is easy. The burden is light. The third invitation is learn from him to catch the punchlines. And he says, learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 29. He wants you to learn from him to become gentle and humble in heart, just like him. You know, the words humility, humor, and human comes from the same Latin root word, humus, meaning earth or ground. Humility gives you a good sense of humor and makes you human and keeps you grounded. Humility allows you to enjoy life by catching God's punchlines. It melts away perfectionism, cynicism, and vain ambitions that makes you overthink. As I've told you before, Jesus is a funny teacher. Most people read the Bible too seriously. But if you understand the Hebrew humor that Jesus often used, you will catch many punchlines in Jesus' teaching and parables. So there we have it. Overthinking can burn you out and wear you away. Let's stop overthinking by accepting his invitations to come to him to rest and relax to take his yoke and make life easier, and to learn from him to catch the punchlines. These three verses are worth memorizing if you want to live a restful, peaceful, and meaningful life. I guess many of you have already memorized it. If not, this is your homework. Let's recite it together for the closing. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. Let's memorize these invitations and put it into practice. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound freedom, purpose, and happiness. Amen. Bye now.